Okay, so hi everybody, welcome back to yet another episode of Faith Renowned Insights. I'm Faith Renowned. Today we have Simranjeet with us. Hi Simranjeet, welcome to the show. Can you introduce yourself to the listeners, please? Thank you so much, Faith Brownell. Um, my name, yeah, as, as you said, is Simranjeet Kormann. Um, I am a trainee solicitor at a UK top 20 law firm. And on the side, I also do YouTube. I think YouTube is my main little baby. I love it so much. <laughs> um, and it's I'm trying not to make it my personality trait, but it is slowly, slowly becoming a personality trait to just be like, hey, I'm a YouTuber. But um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what I do. Um, yeah. I, I talk about advice for um, aspiring solicitors I talk a bit about my life as a trainee um, and I like to talk a bit about personal development and just other vlogs and fun stuff as well yeah thank you Simranjeet for shedding an insight and some light onto what you do uh, on your YouTube channel and what you're currently doing as well as a solicitor you mentioned at Top 20 law firm so congratulations on that achievement thank what you. a wonderful achievement that is as well and, and also on the side you also have um, you know your YouTube channel and you're a vlogger as well aren't you and which we'll thank get you. you know which we'll talk to which we'll talk a bit more about in, in the episode uh, and in the interview so yeah I just want to pick up out a few things that you mentioned as part of the YouTube channel you help aspiring solicitors you kind of give an insight um into your you know into your life as a trainee and you talk about personal development as well i think personal development is something that's sometimes not talked about enough and i'm glad that you've you know stepped up to help people develop themselves and their skills so that they can get to where they need to be whether it be academically or whether it be in terms of their mental well-being and things like that as well so yeah kudos to you there so that's wonderful thank you so much yeah, you're welcome. I'm glad to have you here on the show today where we can explore a bit more and talk to you a bit more about your journey and what you're currently doing. So, and I, I did have a little look at your YouTube channel. I must say it does look very interesting. Yeah, oh, I, I don't want to become a solicitor, but there were a lot of things there that I can personally, you know, you know, take um, you know information and help from. For example, you know, you, you did videos about, there's so many things that you on your website as well, which we'll talk a bit, bit more about, so I don't want to spoil anything for the listeners. <laughs> so I'll hold my thoughts there, but just know everybody, it's very interesting i definitely recommend that you do visit the website and follow the youtube channel do subscribe okay thank you so uh so how's your week been so far oh that's a nice question um (laughs) my week's been okay i mean i've recently tested positive for covid which is a bit of a downer um and other than that i mean i'm quite i'm trying to turn into a positive though so albeit yeah. I'm positive for COVID at least I'm still able to function at least you know I have the means to self-isolate without True. affecting my schedule so much um at least I'm saving money I've set off wasted so much money this December period so at <laughs> least for the rest of December you know it'll be a bit more relaxed so yeah that's what I tend to do when things are when I'm, when I'm hit with obstacles I try and turn it into some kind of positive um so you know I, at least I'm glad I've got a roof over my head where I can self-isolate and stuff so yeah yeah thank you for um you know telling us a bit about that as well and obviously I'm sorry to hear that you tested positive for COVID-19 no, it's all right. but I'm glad to see that, that it hasn't made you you know stop what you're doing you, you know and you're not too bogged down with the fact that, that you yeah. have you know got the virus um I think what's important to see, um to talk about here Simraji is your kind of your attitude to life right that you said that if you encounter any obstacles right you kind of turn it into a positive and that is so commendable yeah. because there are so many struggles and there's so many things that we as humans go through in our lives and it's really good to see that obviously sometimes you will go through things but you try to see the positive in that right and move forward yeah. and that's why I know that you, that you definitely make a good personal development coach because you 
you can say and sense that kind of ability to move on and that ability just to see the future right and see yeah. where it's going to get you so yeah but uh thank you for that as well thank so you. yeah let's kind of delve into then some educational history in section one of the interview so for university then you uh, so talk to us about where you went for where you went to university for your undergraduate studies and why you chose it Sure. So I went to the University of Bristol uh, for my undergrad. I mean, for so long, I was set on going to Warwick. I was absolutely 100% sure that I was going to go to Warwick. But when I went to the offer day, I don't know whether this was me being picky, but they have offer days, right? Where you go and see the university. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, And by that point, I was so sure that I was going to go to Warwick. But then um, I went to their offer day and it was just a little bit disorganized but also I felt like because it was all on campus I thought I might get a bit bored um so then I went to Bristol and Bristol was actually one of my like kind of last minute decisions to apply to um I hadn't even kind of explored the university anything and then when I went to the offer day for Bristol I absolutely loved the city the law library if you look at it on um on google maps on google images or something it absolutely blew me away um I think it's got a great reputation and also compared to Warwick it was a city university and I think that appealed to me more um so you know if, if you're listening and, and you're you're applying to universities I think one thing to really consider is whether you want to live in a city where you will have you know there may be kind of lectures or for example that are further away from you but you still have that city feeling there's a lot to do and um you know for example nightlife social life outside of university there's a lot to do um but whereas in a campus university I felt like everything's so nearby and everything's so convenient for example <laughs> Warwick there's a Tesco's on campus you know you can just go there straight away whereas right. having in Bristol you have to walk up some massive hill in order to get to Sainsbury's so <laughs> you know there's that there's that lack of convenience but yeah. also in terms of social life I have heard people getting a bit bored on campus universities because it's all the same thing yeah yeah that's quite interesting actually because I think it's very subjective right and it depends, it depends yeah. on what you want and I think for exactly. me initially I wanted like a um, no I think I've always wanted a city university but I think I did apply to a mixture of on campus so I applied to the University of Birmingham and that's kind of on campus because everything's yeah. there like if, you, if you've got a law lecture for example it's right there and you wake up yeah. you know in your flat you're oh okay or you do walk across the campus and you're there yeah. but then now I'm actually yeah, reading politics at King's College London and that's a city university because the library is half an hour away from me I, I'm, in, I'm, I'm in different buildings next semester as well yeah. and I like that because it makes me feel like I'm, I'm going somewhere and it, it's exactly. Shopping, I go shopping um, where I live as opposed to where the university lives, and I've got to travel 30 to 40 minutes just to get to university. I like that travel element because it's just something that I like, and it makes me feel like I'm actually getting into the mode of being a true student, right? Yeah, you feel yeah. like independent, right? You, you, you feel do. like you're adulting a little bit, like, definitely. oh, let me stop off for a little grocery shop. Yeah, it just feels elite. You I love definitely it. <laughs> feel like you are adulting because there are so many yeah. aspects of adulting, like being able to pay your own bills, being able to budget, being able yeah. to do your and grocery shopping and all of that I feel like having a Tesco on campus no offense to anybody and I'm not shunning anybody who did choose that but for me it wasn't for me right yeah, I want to be able to exactly. go further than just those four walls in a sense right I want to branch out a little bit but to those who obviously do want to you know head to a campus uni uh, do uh, head over to my other episode to another episode of the podcast where I interviewed my cousin Nathaniel who actually attended the University of Birmingham uh, so do um, head over there after the episode of course to you know to listen to his insights and thoughts about his experience so that's just a brief uh, reference there but yeah I think you know going back to the University of Bristol I, I like what you mentioned about the library 
slavery, it's reputation. That's the same thing for me. And Kings actually was my last option, uh, literally yeah. my last option. And I went to the open day in 2018 and I hated it. I was like, I'm definitely not coming here, but here I am in second year. So yeah. God works in mysterious ways and <laughs> it's always good to have an open mind. So thanks once again, Simranji, for shedding some you know, insights there and telling us a little bit more about your journey and you know, as to the reason behind your decision. So what oh, was right. the catalyst then that decided that kind of caused you to want to study LLB law? Since I was young, really, I think I'd saw, seen some kind of movies about law and solicitors being absolutely badass. And I thought, <laughs> yeah, I want to do that. Yeah. And then I think I was wrong in this opinion, but I felt like at the time, and I think maybe this was because of the lack of information available, but I felt like the only way to become a solicitor was to study law at university. And obviously that's not the case. Yeah. You can do any subject and then switch into becoming a lawyer. And I only learned that when I actually started my first year of university. Um, and I think that was my catalyst so I thought that obviously to become a solicitor I'd have to study law um, yeah. so I, I went into university kind of knowing my career more than the degree that I was getting involved in right. um, which had its positives but also had quite a few negatives associated with it yeah yeah and um, that's quite interesting actually because I always held the view that you had to study law in order to be any sort of legal professional right at university and then I heard someone who studied like geography or something and they're doing you know they're doing law and I actually interviewed someone recently who did uh, geography or something like that and uh, I'm doing politics and and to see the you know the, the multiplicity of routes the various different routes that you can you know that you can take to get into law it's amazing it's fascinating yeah now I just want to kind of uh, delve a bit more into those negatives then so obviously you said the positive so can you tell a bit more about the positives and then the negatives obviously of studying law at university and do you have any regrets yeah sure so i guess the positives of studying law at university is the skills that it can give um so the yeah. fact that you know it makes you become a very concise writer it makes you want to like becoming becoming more concise but more focused in your answers as well because yeah. if there's any yeah. point that you go off on a tangent and it doesn't relate to the question then you can kind of like lose marks and stuff on that yeah. so it really made me more concise um i mean there was more negatives than positives really for studying law i didn't enjoy studying law at university if i'm honest with you yeah mainly because it lacked that practical application to the actual life of a solicitor i felt like i was learning subjects like jurisprudence like the theory of law and i had no interest in that and yeah. even now as a solicitor even though i did land law i've never had to rely on land law as a real estate trainee in fact you know you just relearn things when you're when you're on practical law you're not expected yeah. to memorize the things that you've learned from law school so right. i think that was a major negative and i think it really it didn't to an extreme it put me off wanting to become a solicitor as well during university because i felt like oh if this is what the law is then i don't, I don't want it <laughs> um <laughs> so yeah yeah um, but yeah my my interest in law has kind of increased and then decreased like in my final year actually it increased a bit more yeah. because of the subjects that we took and I had a bit more kind of freedom in terms of the options that I could pick and the electives so I went for um, options like uh, medical law I went for options like corporate law simulation yeah. and I also did something in my final year it was a coursework which uh, relied on my pro bono work in the law clinic at my university okay. um, so the fact all these kind of practical based subjects really really helped me become a more interested in law and whereas if I have my notes in front of me which is why I did so well in coursework if I 
have my notes in front of me and I actually, you know, have everything there, then I tend to do better. Yeah. Um, which is why I picked open book. It was more suited towards my my strengths and, and what I knew my examination technique was like. Yeah. And also the location of University of Law, it was right on Oxford Street in London. Just, you know, oh. Oxford Street was just around the corner and I love shopping, so I just wanted to go. Yeah, my friend and I are like not always there, obviously, otherwise we wouldn't get any work, but we are we are frequent visitors of Oxford Street. You're less yeah, we, we like like to because the thing is it's in walking distance from our campus because we're on the like oh, we're on the see. central campus, right? So we can just walk there for like it's like 10, 15 minutes. So we I think what you said yeah. is like it is that like it suited your preferences and that's the yeah. that's the important thing on Echo to the listener. It has to suit what you want to do. So thanks again. Now I just mm-hmm. wanna um, just briefly go back to university. Did you you know were you a part of any societies and do you think that they're important in terms of really facilitating an interest in certain subjects? Yeah, sure. I was involved in quite a few at university because I didn't really like hanging out with law students because they felt like <laughs> I felt like they knew everything. Yeah. So yeah. I branched out and kind of made new friends from other societies. Um, and even in my first year, I was part of the founding committee to start the Punjabi society at my university. Yeah. So um, my heritage and where I'm from is from Punjab um, in the northern part of India. Right. And, yeah. um, when I went to university, there was no society like that for really? people of my community and so we we helped found that and um that was really really fulfilling so in my first year i think i was the media and marketing rep and then mm. or no second year i was the media so we we tried to find it in the first year so i wasn't any kind of committee member then i was just part yeah. of the founding committee yeah and the second year i was media marketing rep and then my final year i was the president of the society um which was really really fulfilling um you know for example some of the things that we did was we collaborated with all these other societies at university and created a, a i think it was we raised three thousand pounds for charity at this ball at this yeah. massive kind of asian ball that celebrated asian culture we had kind of asian fashion there so i was one of the models which is something that i wish i could add to my cv and <laughs> but um i was a model for um, this asian show with like all these other people and like we showcased some really cool like asian fashion and there was asian yeah. food there and um i'm a drummer as well so I was are you like my other friend yeah and like we did some like drum performances it was really really cool yeah uh, and yeah that was like one of my main highlights as present in the final year it was like a great send-off before graduating. yeah that would have been yeah definitely yeah. and other things that i did as well was i was part of the bollywood dance society as well um <laughs> So quite like Asian themes going here in terms of yeah. societies that I joined. Um and yeah, I was I was I think what was I I think I was a social rep for them. So I was I was responsible for like hosting their socials and stuff. Yeah. Um and what else? What other societies was I a part of? I think it was mainly those because I mean I remember in first year of uni you go around law fairs and you sign up for all of these societies. Yeah, you do. And then you realise you just don't have the time to do them. Yeah. So a two or three I think was like my my maximum limit I couldn't be more than that yeah yeah thank you for your to, for sharing that really that really that does sound very interesting you know to how you set up you know with others obviously you founded that society and then you work your way up from media marketing representative to the president and yeah and that yeah. shows real growth as well that people trusted you they voted you in I assume with a vote or yeah yeah, yeah, as well. about, yeah yeah and i think what you're talking about about how you had this asian ball and you had like uh it, was, it must have been like a cultural um you know it must have been such a cultural day and such yeah. you know 
such a rich cultural uh, history there and you know it's such an experience to really have people you know people like you in the room having you know the, the kind of like the food that they, you know the food that you have that you have and the fashion and things like that and that would have been interesting and yeah yeah just to yeah, imagine definitely. that right i'm really happy that that happened and i Thank obviously you. you mentioned that there was an asian theme going on but i think that's important because that's who you are right that makes yeah, exactly. part of your identity and it would be remiss to not really focus on that so it's really good that 100%. you can stay true to that right so yeah i felt really comfortable well. i think around around my own asian people i think it's because of the way i grew up in quite an asian kind of like my school there was a lot more Asians there so yeah. I think I naturally just gravitated towards that element of comfort when I when I moved to university as well yeah yeah that sounds really interesting and it's good that that really aided you and as you said it was a good send-off right just before you graduated yeah. you were able to, 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 to kind of participate in such an exciting and really rewarding event as well 100%. so yeah happy that that happened so Thanks. just briefly then uh, I want to just talk about A-levels because I, I have a number well a lot of the listeners are actually um, you know, 18, like they're actually kind of like doing A-levels or they're about to do A-levels as well. So yeah. what did you take for your A-level subjects and why did you choose them? Yeah, sure. So I picked English literature, history and biology for A-level. Um, I got A's yeah. in all of them, if you're interested. Yeah. I don't know whether they do A's anymore <laughs> for A-levels because I know they've changed GCSEs to numbers and- Yeah, like, like the nine to one like but yeah. Um, yeah, so why did I choose these A-levels? I, in all honesty, I loved those subjects and yeah. all my favourites when I was studying in GCSE and doing my GCSEs and I did well in those subjects as well. So it was quite an easy decision for me. It wasn't so much like I was agonising over different topics. I kind yeah. of knew what I wanted to do. And I knew in particular English Lit and History. Everyone says, oh, if you're studying law, definitely do English Literature and History. That You can do any subject in my opinion, <laughs> but um, those were the ones that... I mean, people said it will help you in terms of your essay writing. And yeah. to an extent, yes, but writing law essays is so different to any other subject I've ever had to do. So I didn't really felt like it was that transferable at all, if right. anything. I think they were just really interesting subjects. And luckily, you know, I have a strong interest in literature um, and history, um, especially biology. I have a special place in my heart for biology. I have no idea why I'm interested in it, but I am. Yeah. And um i mean i actually miss like this sounds so geeky but that's the one subject where i missed reading the textbook because it was just yeah. so interesting but, yeah those are the those are why i did my a levels um luckily they were like you know like they were they were subjects that i enjoyed and i did yeah. well in them as well so that was good yeah just taking a sip of water there yeah thank you uh again for you know shedding some light on that i think uh a levels are really important right and i think that yeah you, what you said about doing english literature you said you, you did history and biology i actually did english literature as well so i can share yeah. the same sentiment that that really did help with my essays uh, obviously i don't really know if it will relate to law personally yet because i haven't got there yet but when i do i'll let you know if it actually helped me um <laughs> uh, but i would say though that english and writing and framing essays does help you in terms of your politics essays obviously they yeah. are you know vastly different subjects but they still they're, they're very different subjects but they still do coincide slightly with the way that you yeah. have to structure a paragraph you know justify your argument with interview quotations so although it's not going to be quotations from say a literary text it's quotations from um, a reference that you've chosen right to talk yeah. about, about democracy for example so they are quite similar in those aspects uh and what you said as well that you didn't really think it was transferable and that's quite interesting as well because a lot of people do there are these kind of myths or 
uh, you know, there are these kind of myths or ideas that do linger or lurk, you know, that, that do exist about, you know, what subjects you, that you that you should study if you are yeah. going to, you know, you know, if you are going to embark on a career in law. But as I say, again, as you said as well, just to echo that it's subjective, it's up to you. As you said that you did well in those subjects at GCSE, and so it was only natural for you, and you were agonising over choosing them, it was only natural yeah. for you to go on and choose them. That was me. Right, law, I didn't do it at GCSE, but English and uh, politics, oh, I didn't do politics either, but English I did, and I did well at GCC, I thought, you know what, that's going to be a guaranteed, you know, good mark. Uh, and yeah, so obviously you mentioned that you got A's, and thanks for mentioning that because I now want to ask this then. So, what would you, what tips would you give to students? Right, uh, this isn't a question I'm giving you. I'm just really, uh, I'm sure, you, I'm sure you'll know me by now. I'll just add questions throughout the interview. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so what kind of uh, tips would you give to students who aren't doing as well as they want to at the moment? Uh, and they, let's say, they're in year thirteen, right, and they're going to be doing yeah. the real exam soon what can they do now to get to those a's and a stars yeah i think two things that really helped me no three things was firstly understanding what my revision technique was what suited me how could i revise and during my a levels this is going to sound dry as hell but i would honestly have my textbook on the side yeah and i would pace around my room and i would try to memorize everything that was in that textbook absolutely i would be talking to myself so i'd be like sim what's i don't know mitochondria <laughs> i don't i don't know what it is now i've completely forgotten it that sounds so dumb but i've 100 forgotten it and i'd go around i'd just pace around my room and just try and remember everything yeah. i could about mitochondria and then i'd go back to my textbook read it pick out the things that i missed out highlighted it then do it again pace around my room try and memorize everything well then second thing that i did that really helped me push my grades was mock papers specimen papers right. sometimes my school i don't know what happened my school man honestly I have issues but they <laughs> would provide some exam papers but not all of them so I'd go out of my way and I'd go on um, I think it was like the OCR website at the time and yeah. I would search for all of the exam papers myself and I found additional ones myself and I printed them out and I did them myself so there are resources available on the internet if your school unlike like my one was unwilling to help out in a lot of respects <laughs> I think some I think what they did was they were safe keep like they were gatekeeping them to use at like uh, mock exams like later on. Yeah. They but I felt person. like it wasn't helpful to just spring a kind of mock exam on me a couple of weeks before the exam. You know, I wanna be prepared way before then. So yeah. Yeah, I think that's why they were like keeping them, but I got hold of them anyway beforehand, so there's that. <laughs> um and <laughs> So yeah, firstly, revision techniques, secondly, mock exams, and thirdly, actually approaching your teachers if you are struggling about a particular topic. It can be during, I know it sounds super geeky, but during your break, during your lunchtime, any free period that you've got, it is really important to, you know, reach out. And if, for example, your teacher at school is crap, like we've been there, there have been teachers at school who are honestly just like not the best teachers. Yeah. Um, They can be really unapproachable sometimes, or they're just not, they just don't know what they're doing. I know, for example, like my, my, the teacher who I hate the most at school did not like her at all i still don't like her to this day if i saw her in same place i'd give her a side eye but like she <laughs> she got like a an e in in gcse physics but she ends up teaching physics i'm just a bit like why how are you teaching this anyway um she yeah so she wasn't a great teacher so i went to go see another teacher and I didn't really care how it looked. I was like, I wanted to go see this teacher because I've heard she's good and I want advice from her. And any good teacher would provide advice no matter you know, whether they're in your class or not. Yeah. Um, so definitely try and reach out, use your contacts, use your friends as well. Um, like, you know, if you've got friends at school, hopefully you all do. Um, and they, yeah. you know, they can really help you out as well. You can do group studying together. Um, and, 
yeah hopefully hopefully that helps as well but those were the things that really helped me um at school to get the grades that i wanted to do but a lot of it did involve a lot of independent work outside of school as well um there were times where the teachers would say why haven't you done this homework and i'd say well i'm actually doing stuff that's examinable rather than this this piece i was a bit of not a rebel at school but i just kind of took things in my own independent path it was a risk that paid off for me but don't (laughs) do it if you feel like it's not going to pay off because yeah yeah because yeah um those are some great tips and some great insights once again very interesting to listen to uh you know talking about how you know those three important things number one you need to have a revision technique you need to know what you're doing and obviously in your case you memorize the textbook i think there's a stigma that you know memorizing the textbook is geeky and i think for me i've been called a geek but i'd rather be a geek than someone who has no clue what's happening right i'd rather be there (laughs) you know and i think obviously this person used it as a pejorative but i took it as a positive because thank you and that actually spurred me on to go do better you know than i was you know thanks a lot so i think that you know people always judge people who are seen in the library sometimes not always but there is this thing about judging people who are sitting down with a textbook but those people probably getting top grades right so maybe yeah uh, uh, you know maybe we should try to you know emulate them right and what they do yeah and uh, i actually got a flashback from school actually because yeah as you're saying that um during kind of year 12 year 13 at the early stages of the year when you know there's no pressure to get things done in terms of exams i remember in my free periods usually people used to use their free periods at this time to like just chill hang out with friends yeah mess around and I, I remember in year 13, I was, and yeah, year 12 as well, I was really, really determined to get the good grades. And I'd go to the library and all, honestly, all the people who were labeled the geeks at school, like the ones who were like proper, proper nerdy were there. Yeah. And I was one of them. And I was like, oh my God, I feel like such a nerd. Like I'm in the library so early before anyone else. But honestly, I'm so glad that I did that. I'm so glad that, you know, if my friends were saying, oh, yo, let's let's hang out or whatever. Yeah. I said, no, I'm, I actually want to go to the library during my free period and just try and get stuff done. Um, and it really, really, it, it really put me ahead, um, which I'm, I'm grateful for. So sometimes you've got to stick to your own gut, even if it means, you know, turning down things. And it, it didn't mean that I absolutely, you know, focused on work. There were, I think on Fridays, Friday free periods, when I was over free on a Friday, I'd use that as a day to like hang out with my friends and stuff. But during the working week, I would, um, I would kind of just say, no, I'm going to go to the library. Yeah. Yeah, that shows your dedication, really. And, you know, you had a goal in mind as you, think, yeah, as you implore the listeners to stick to their gut, right? So it's about sometimes you are going to have to make sacrifices. You are going to have to, you know, step away from your friends and just say, OK, guys, I want to just go and do this by myself. Yeah. I wasn't called a geek. It was a nerd. It was a nerd. But whatever <laughs> it was, she didn't mean it in a positive manner. But thanks <laughs> yeah. Because I don't, you know. I mean, as I said, like, people try to label you with, you know, certain things. But I just wanted to get to where where I want to be I want to be from a barrister and there are certain things I have to do if it yeah. means reading and if it means you know reading more arriving at the library before hours then that might have to be what needs to be done not saying I do that now everyone I'm just saying those are some examples um yeah. but I do actually try to make more time for studying right so obviously currently I wouldn't arrive at the library before hours because I just wouldn't but you know yeah. I'm talking about what you want to do right those are some examples but for me I know that for me though all joke aside I will actually try to I've been waking up early this week especially I've got loads of exams and loads of essays and trying try to get oh, loads of work done thank you very much uh so that's what I've been doing I've been making my own revision program and just going back as well you said to mock papers again I completely agree uh and really as you said really approach your teachers and the same yeah. goes for anybody in university approach your seminar leaders approach 100%. your module conveners approach 
those who can really help you to get where you need to be clarify those subjects that you are struggling with uh and that's that's so important and as you said as well you know you took the time to sit by yourself and get that work done and it really paid off for you so that's really glad to see so yeah so then just the last question in this section then what tips would you give to a-level students who will, who will be applying to university i'm gonna say i'm gonna say next year because i feel like people have already applied this year so yeah um so i'd say in terms of tips i'd say i mean obviously this is covid permitting but try and visit the campus that you're interested in um, yeah. to help give you a feel for whether you'd like studying at the university i think try and prioritize what you want out of university experience so categories that i prioritized at the time were reputation of the university i prioritized yeah. whether i wanted city or uh, a city campus or a what's the other one a city or a campus yeah um, or a campus yeah and um yeah those are two of the things that i prioritized um i also looked at location um so i personally didn't want to study in london but i went i i i didn't want to go beyond the midlands um yeah. i felt like the north was a bit too far up so um that, that's another thing that you can take into account as well um i would say uh I mean, I mean, to be fair with my my choices, I think I was just I was really realistic with four of them in yeah. terms of whether I would get through or not. And then my fifth one, I wasn't really sure which one to go for. So I just went for Oxford. That's why not <laughs> just apply. <laughs> and I look back and I, sh I should have applied for one of the lesser known universities. I applied for I think it was like I don't know how to pronounce it, but it was called Brazenose. Um, familiar it was the one like david cameron like all these top politicians like went to oh yeah, and, yeah. um i i don't know why i applied for that one i should have gone for like a a lesser known college at oxford and maybe i would have stood more of a chance because yeah that's what i don't even regret in hindsight but i'm happy i went for it um at least i can say i was an oxbridge reject um so yeah that's <laughs> that's that was my high flying one but i'd say be realistic um with your choices and if you can afford to you know have one that's a bit high flying then go for it yeah i actually applied to oxford as well um yeah. and uh, to be honest um in high obviously i enjoy the experience right <laughs> Um, I'm not too sour over not getting in because I, I'm really enjoying where I am at the moment. Yeah, um, I'm but, so happy. I did yeah, thank you. Like, I'm not like, oh my gosh, no, it's over. But um, yeah. at the time, though, however, I, you know, obviously to do law, you need to do the LNAP, right? And my college didn't tell me about it within enough time um, for me to basically have it done. They didn't give me enough oh, time. Um, so I didn't obviously have the necessary preparation going forward, but you know what? Yeah. It all worked out. So I can always, I can also say that I'm an Oxbridge reject, but I'm not I really upset that. about. I'm not really upset about it. I'm just living life. <laughs> and maybe I'll reapply one day. We never know, right? Yeah, and, maybe. Uh, maybe I'll be there, and it, you know, if I am have fun if i'm not well i'll still be living so yeah. that's the thing as well like if you don't get into university it's not the end of the world 100%. Uh, it's okay you know you will be okay just take a deep breath reapply think through your options and you'll get there and obviously yeah. it's easier to than done in practice sometimes but i just yeah. you know we just want to give you that sense that you can do it just put your mind to it as well so because yeah. look at me uh, you know if, if you look at um if everyone if you look at simonji and i we're oxbridge rejects as they would say as they tell me, but <laughs> we're still living our best life in a sense we're still doing well so uh briefly everybody the next section we'll try and clump together the questions around work experience the law and then we'll uh, finish off the last section on your other ventures
10 how important do you think work experience is I'd give it 11 I'd give it more yeah. than 10 on a scale <laughs> if I'm honest with you um as someone whose grades were not the greatest my you know my first year second year grades were average at most uh, yeah. work experience was really what led me to getting a training contract at the end because I was able to show to employers that I had the necessary skills that they required and one thing that I really like about work experience is you can be creative with it work experience yeah. can come from anywhere it can come from your personal life for example if you have children and you look after them that's an element of work experience I'd say it's the hardest for work experience if I'm <laughs> honest with you because god have you seen some of these toddlers on TikTok they are wreaking havoc and then you know you get internships yeah. you get voluntary roles that work experience can come from any form it can come from you know the societies that I mentioned earlier that I was involved yeah. in that's I used to talk about that a lot in my interviews. It came up in one of my final interviews. Um, she was saying, oh, you're part of Bollywood Dance, you're part of Punjabi Society, you know, what did you learn from this? And they're, they're really, really get great conversational points in interviews because at the end of the day, grades are just things that are on paper. And I feel like interviews can only ask so much about that. Yeah. You can only yeah. really ask questions on what was your, what did you think you did well during exams or what did not go well during exams? But with your work experience, that actually shows an element or a side of you. It shows a yeah. part of your personality. Um, so, for example, with my one, the fact that I took quite Asian-based societies, yeah. you mentioned it yourself, It's it shows that I'm quite in touch with my identity and I care a lot about that element. Yeah. That's something that was definitely picked up on in interviews as well. So I think work experience is so important and it, it yeah, it, yeah, it is, it's so important. <laughs> yeah, I um, share the same sentiment. I, I completely agree in every aspect because work experience is very imperative. You know, you need to get some yeah. in order to really understand the career that you want to really um, embark on. The, the um, previous work experience I've personally taken, whether it be legal, whether it be political or even digital marketing, because I'm very, I am, um, I really enjoy digital marketing. So that's something that I did. Um, I did do work experience for that as well. And I did thoroughly enjoy it. Although I'd say digital marketing for me is more of a hobby uh, as part of running my own business, paper and other insights. I have to obviously be quite savvy with social media, podcast editing. And so that's where that came in, but it wouldn't be my final career. I want to be a barrister. So we're still keeping on track with that. So just briefly then, you've mentioned work experience with previous undertaking in a sense, but um, have you ever volunteered before? And if so, where? Yeah, sure. So I've volunteered at um, my university law clinic. Um, that yeah. was what lended into my coursework. That It was really great that they have that course available. Yeah. And uh, in all honesty, that, that volunteer work, it really, really opened me up to how the law can really help people and try to help people. Um, and it, yeah, it gave me a really realistic insight into yeah. working with clients directly, which is so, so important as a solicitor. And I learned a lot about how to deal with clients who are sad, who are frustrated. I was dealing with clients who are crying in like our interviews because of really harsh circumstances. Yeah. I also dealt with clients who are really frustrated and sometimes understandably, sometimes they let it out on me because they just needed someone to vent to. Yeah, to vent, having yeah. to deal with that situation as well is, is really, really important for your own professional development. And I'm so glad that I was involved in that from quite a young age at university so yeah and I think that that was my most important volunteering that I've done and it's helped me and inspired me to continue to do so even during my training contract I'm one of the lead partners um, who works with a, a charity that we've partnered with yeah. so I'm the lead person who deals with their queries I'm the lead person who organizes right. fundraisers for that charity I always yeah. I don't know it seeing and being involved in that pro bono and that voluntary experience at the law clinic really opened my mind up to the fact that being in a legal career I'm in a position of privilege 
and I should still be able to give back and not forget where I've come from so yeah yeah yeah. That, that's, yeah. That inspired me that's a really good that's a really good um ethos and it's a really good you know um ideas to have and an opinion to have really it's good to it's, it's a good code right it's a good moral code to live by in the sense of giving back right and, and remembering where you come from and your journey because the very mantra of the faith of the insights brand is that you know becoming a barrister indeed achieving anything in life isn't an event it's a journey and so that you know by giving back you you're remembering you know that journey that you that you embarked on and that you're obviously still on uh and to help other people who aren't in as fortunate position as you so what was the benefit of undertaking a summer vacation scheme slash internship at PwC and how did you come across it? Yeah sure so I did my summer vacation scheme at PwC straight after I graduated right and I think the biggest thing that I'd learned at that vacation scheme was how the big four so the the big four are commonly known as the big four accounting firms globally they're the biggest accounting firms and I was really intrigued to see how they operated in a legal sphere. So these big four firms have their own legal departments. And that was where my internship was. And I was just so interested to see how that how that worked Um, and, you know, how they posed such a big threat to private practice firms, your magic circle, your silver circle. Yeah. And that was a massive massive benefit to me I think it's also great from a CV perspective to have a vacation scheme on your CV and um, I think one the biggest thing that I've come across um, the biggest thing sorry I've learned from the vacation scheme was actually after a year after the vacation scheme at the end of a vacation scheme you usually offered a training contract and at this stage I wasn't offered it and it took me a year to realize why and it was because I was a bit naive a bit immature and right. I think they could see through that and they knew I wasn't ready to be a trainee solicitor yet. And then the year that ensued after that, I went through a massive kind of character development. I matured and I ended up getting my three training contract offers the year after that. And the reason right. for that is because of that rejection. If if I wasn't rejected from that vacation scheme, I don't think I would have gone through that massive character development. I would have qualified earlier, yes, but I wouldn't be the person I am now because of it. So I'm really, really grateful for that. So for those people <laughs> at PwC who made the decision to reject me, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think it's good, and it shows, it shows really a high level of maturity. Are you okay before we continue? Yeah, sorry. You know, I want to make sure you're okay rather than, than just talking. No, sorry, and <laughs> I'm just dying. <laughs> um, yeah, so I think it's important that, uh, yeah, that you're able, that shows a high level of maturity for you to be able to reflect on what you know what you've done and we need to thank well as you as you just said thank those who reject you because everything happens for a reason and it really has benefited you in this context as well Okay, so Simranjit, we've come to a, a, a part in the episode now where it's time to talk about your extra, you know, not extra curriculums, but your other ventures, right? So yeah. why did you decide to, to start a YouTube channel? You, you mentioned briefly, but anything else as to why you, you know, why you started? Yeah, in all honesty, it was a really spontaneous decision. Um, so I started my Instagram page first and then I did an IGTV on there, right. just a random one. <laughs> and then I think two people replied to it and said, you should start a YouTube channel. And I was like, you know what? I think you're onto something. Let me just do that. And yeah. I think within a week, I just created it. And I think it just goes to show that these people, I, I never met them and they were so supportive. I wish I could remember their names, but I've forgotten them. But yeah. I just remember their comment, like clear as day, like you should start a YouTube channel. And I think that's why it's so important to support people because you never know like 
where where they could go with like what you provided and kindness literally costs nothing but that's literally the reason why I started because two people said you should do it and I said okay so uh, you know (laughs) thanks to those two people really because your youtube channel is wonderful it's insightful engaging and very informative so to those two people if you happen to be listening today thanks from me too yeah thank Uh, you (laughs) (laughs) so when did you start this channel then I started it in May um 2020 yeah I'd like to say May 2020. So you've amassed quite a huge following then because do you want to do you want to share with the listen how many subscribers you've got now? Yeah it might be May 2019 actually let me just check on my yeah (laughs) in COVID you honestly forget like you do time but in terms of subscribers I think I'm on 6.8 thousand i think I th- i've forgotten <laughs> yeah wonderful wonderful so you can tell that you've obviously uh garnered quite a huge following uh, it's gone well for you and yeah once again congratulations with that Thank and you. Um, obviously as part of your channel you talk about personal development so what drew you to help you know people with their personal development i think what really drew me is the fact that i pick up these little hints and tips when i'm watching a podcast for example i love listening to diary of a ceo by stephen bartlett he's my role model i absolutely love his podcast and everything he does and he talks a lot about personal development on there and I pick up little things and I apply them to my life and when they work I want to share them and I think other people can also benefit from them as well I think also um I think I wouldn't say this is a catalyst but I think it's something I enjoy doing I enjoy helping people in terms of fulfilling their potential in terms of productivity or better mindset um for example I'm sure you pretty you might have this as well a lot of viewers may relate but the girls group chat is an absolute haven for venting and renting and all these kind of different things like all these issues that us girls go through in life and I've always found myself in that group chat always just sending voice notes that are either motivational inspirational or trying to let them see another perspective um trying to help them out and I, I really enjoy that they even call me a therapist sometimes in the group chat because of what I say <laughs> yeah. um, I'm not even qualified to any give any kind of that advice at all but yeah yeah um, but, I think that's what it is I just like helping people out and yeah. I, I care a lot about Excuse being me. more productive myself being more efficient increasing my own personal and professional development because yeah that's that's what's really helped me achieve what I wanted to achieve in life and yeah building that kind of mindset mindset's everything in my opinion I just want to be able to share that so you're also a vlogger or content creator for lawcareers.net yes. and I am an avid uh, user of lawcareers.net and while I don't work for them specifically I they were really great and they reached out to me and said would you want to make videos for us once a month and I said yeah. yes and I was I was so happy with that um but lawcareers.net is a is an absolute haven for information about the route to becoming a solicitor and also I think a barrister um I'm not entirely sure on the barrister point but definitely in terms of yeah. solicitor um they provide commercial awareness they provide insights about um like a lawyer's day in the life for example they also have something called the lcn locker which is really useful because what you use the lcn locker for is you basically store information about yourself so your a-level grades your gcse grades etc your name your address and what happens is if a firm is signed up to the lcn locker when you're filling out their application form to apply for the training contract all you have to do is click on a little lock link yeah. and it will just put input all that information in automatically and it just saves so much time with applications so that's the main thing that, that I used it for and I think the LCN knocker is so great it just saves you so much time as I said before I am an avid user of the law of lawcareers.net especially because uh, last year they actually posted out a handbook right the lawcareers.net yeah. handbook the training contracts and pupillage guide and I want to show you but I think I've blurred my camera background so yeah no I, I had yeah. the same one I had yeah. like an older version yeah I've seen yeah. that handbook 
and this is I've just been working through this and looking at becoming a barrister and it's so insightful because it gives you a list of the firm it talks about the types of law it, it, it differentiates between a sister and a barrister and it's all of that key and crucial information that you need to know going into law and embarking on 100%. a career in law and it's so interesting so for those obviously i think, I think this year's handbook uh 2020 not this year right next year's handbook 2022 um is actually it is uh so it's either this year or next year depending on when it so Marujit, yeah. thank you for your insights thank you for your thoughts the last question is um what was the catalyst behind starting your own website and then how can people get in touch with you after the show yeah, sure. So I would say my catalyst for starting my website was I was realizing that I was doing a lot of visual content. So yeah. I was making my YouTube videos that was video content, Instagram posts, they're more kind of visual like pictures, but I wanted yeah. to kind of improve my writing a bit more. And that's why I created my own newsletter, uh, which I, I make a newsletter every month. And mm. that touches more about my personal development and within that my website, so I can write blogs and I have a diary of a trainee solicitor in there. So I write all about my life as a trainee and um, it's just me trying to improve my writing skills really I'm just sharing yeah. it out to everyone and people have found it really useful so yeah it it's great in terms of how people can thank you in terms of how people can get in touch with me after the show um yeah LinkedIn Instagram just drop me a message but just do be wary I, I do take a long time to reply sometimes because I've just got <laughs> a lot of messages to go through but nah. I do try to reply to everyone and if you need something urgently um from me just drop me an email I check my emails more often Thank you, Simranjit. Uh, now, your email then, should I give the email that you gave me for the question? Yes, yes. Hello at simranjitman.com. Yes. Right. And your website is simranjitman.co.com. Yeah. Yeah. And you can sign right. up for the newsletter on there as well. Excuse me. What I will oh, say to everyone is visit Simranjit's website, connect with her on LinkedIn, drop her a message, an email if you need to. Do definitely go to her website, grab that notion. It's free um, yeah. and it's very, very informative. And the way you've organised, it's so meticulously organised, honestly. I love it. Amazing. <laughs> no, I mean, oh, your, but your, but your template, right? Your template is oh, honestly great. It's amazing. Oh, I'm so glad. Um, thank you. Yeah. So thanks, Simrajit, for your wonderful no, insight, no your honesty, uh, your excitement as well. And thank you for giving me some tips really personally as well as a second year student who will be obviously um, embarking on a career in law. Thanks a lot, Simrajit. And I, I wish you all the best. Thanks so much for having me on the show. Thank you. Bye. Thank you.